Hello, <laughs> you were listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And you're easily startled. <laughs> no, I didn't jump, did I? You kind of went... <laughs> and I, I was excited, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm Megan. <laughs> okay, it's the moment we've been waiting for for months and months. It is a fifth Thursday. Thank the Lord. Uh welcome we get to we get to talk about whatever we want we do very excited oh and it's like when we get here i get like shell shocked i don't know what to say i know it's because it's off script it's weird but oh gosh sorry i have us turned up a little high this time i don't care whatever uh so no i not that i like every twin tangent that we do but like i i don't know why i'm excited for this one yeah yeah well normally our tangents are kind of uh we really don't come in with any sort of notes usually yeah Uh, this one is all notes for me yeah this one we actually had to do some research but it's fine because we've been on some kicks lately i've noticed and this is what kind of made me suggest this as our topic this fifth thursday this tangent yeah i think your your not obsession but your (laughs) propensity is propensity what in the world what wow for watching documentaries is that the word in this situation hey siri oh gosh define propensity she doesn't know an inclination or natural tendency to behave in a particular way well a propensity for violence i said you have a propensity for documentary okay wow that when i sit here and go uh uh, uh," and i can't think of words like really basic words like Oh, crime. Yes, yes, that word. No, propensity? What the heck? Anyway, you watch documentaries, and I feel like maybe that's what sort of steered you in this direction. Well, and because I talked about um, one in a couple episodes back, I gave like a very quick drop of the tea, but I'll go ahead and tell you. Is it about the one you've told me recently? Mm, I don't know. You started watching the Jared documentary. Okay. No. Uh, this twin tangent, before I, I'll go oh, ahead okay. and tell you, this twin tangent, we are covering scandal. Scandalous. Oh, yes. Yes. And the scandal I was talking about was with Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh and Harry I Styles. literally mentioned that at work. I was actually at work trying to think about different scandals and such. And I said something about Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh and someone's like, what? what? I said, where's, where's this coworker, this specific coworker? I was like, she would know. I know she would know. More recently, Selena Gomez and Haley Bieber. That's actually why it started. <laughs> At work, they think I hate Canadians now because I said I don't really like Nickelback oh. and I'm not a huge fan of Justin Bieber, so I hate Canadians apparently. And oh. apparently who I chose between Haley and Selena was also reflective of me. Obviously, Selena, that was a, st- okay. like, what a dumb, yeah, I, they were like, okay, I guess. I said, you get, that's not even a question. I thought you were asking me a question. Yeah, wait, so they're on Haley's, this is. No, they're on Selena's side. They're just like, okay, good, because I chose Selena. And that's why I was like, okay, well, I thought you were going to ask me a real question, dummy. <laughs> no, apparently. Keep an eye out. Someone else thought that. <laughs> this is, oh, for Selena, shut up. <laughs> I hate you. Um, no, someone else at work thinks that all of that you know feud is just made up like there's really not a feud between the two of them but people are just like taking things out of context and going look like they're 
They hate each other. I get, I mean, who I'm would like, need that? Haley? Selena is the most followed person on Instagram. Like, she doesn't need any more hype. The first thing I saw before I even knew any of this was going on was a TikTok that was like, let's see who unfollowed Haley when all of this dropped. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, let's see who unfollowed Selena Gomez when all of this dropped. Yeah. You want to know one of the people that unfollowed Selena Gomez, by the way? Who? Tom Holland. <gasps> yes. What? Everyone's like, that makes zero sense. What is he? It was like weird people. I'm making, uh, the only one I remember for sure is Tom Holland, but like, I think Doja Cat stopped following Selena. What? Uh, like people that I'm like, who, what are you doing? Like, what? even if none of this is real, why unfollow her? For the drama. For the dramatics. I guess, I guess so. Well, yeah, and I, I recently watched a documentary about Jared Fogel the subway guy everybody knows jared and how much of a creep he is Uh, okay i knew he was a creep apparently i didn't know uh to what extent yeah and we would need like a ton of trigger warnings before we ever covered that scandal i'm not covering that because the things that he said and did were absolutely horrific and disgusting made me sick to my stomach yeah you gave me a rundown it was a lot mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. lot yeah it's one of those it, uh, i said i'm not gonna get into it but subway essentially wanted to sweep it under the rug because of how much they pushed him and how long he was how their celebrity was, yeah yeah and they're like well we haven't really had any um complaints about him oh and it's like mm-hmm. what <laughs> well and they did, a, I mean, they must have done a decent job because, I mean, we all know that he went to jail for, um, like, sex crimes, child mm-hmm. pornography, things like that. Yeah. But I never knew the extent of it. That's, yeah. I mean, they did a good job. They can't hide the, him going to jail, but they did a good job of hiding what he did. I was going to say, I knew that he was a creep. I didn't know to what extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's bad. It's not good. I haven't seen this documentary, but I've heard... And it's not good. Yep. Yep. It also reminds me that I want to watch Don't F With Cats. I know that's like way, I'm way past that point, but I never watched it and I guess it is not good either. Yeah. It's pretty rough. I was told not to watch it. Like because it's bad? I Like not like, I don't even know. I don't remember For why what reason? Like if you why. love animals, don't watch it? Well, it's not, I don't remember. I'll have to ask. I know I said I'm like I'm really late to the game because there's that and then there's the uh, Gabriel oh Gabriel Hernandez Mm -hmm. I think it's Hernandez first of all I think so I always want to say I think that's someone I know in real life so I'm not going to say that name out loud (laughs) no I watched I did watch the first I think the opening scene of the first episode of that uh, and was crying Mm -hmm. so I paused it and never continued watching it Oh, and it just, there's, there's justice, but not in the way you want it. It's so frustrating. No, I I was in tears in the first 10 minutes of the first episode. Yeah, I cried. So, uh, there's that. Maybe I'll get around to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but all scandals, but not scandals we're talking about today. No. I think we decided I would cover my story first. Oh, yeah. So, mine, I didn't want to, I'm obviously just searching, like, scandals what i didn't want was celebrity scandals because it's always like pop culture scandals like scandals in well no okay yours is i think a little different it's like okay. the uh justin timberlake ripping off the part of janet jackson's oh, outfit yeah. or oh i can't even think of 
like so-and-so after married for so many years, they cheated on them and broke up. What a scandal. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't want one of those. Or Kim Kardashian was married for like 60 some days before getting a divorce. Yeah. Any sex tape. Like, (laughs) I don't, I didn't want scandals like that. So I was like, non-celebrity scandals. And it's like the top pop culture scandals of the 2000s. I was like, no, what did I just say? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I had to dig a little bit for this one. And I think it just showed up kind of random. I don't know how I ended up seeing this one, but I saw the title of the article and I was like, that's the one I'm going to make it work, even if it doesn't work or not. And it is kind of a scandal. At first I was like, I just like it because it's kind of a crime thing, but -hmm. it's still a scandal. Okay. So the title of the article, the most, the information I'm getting most from is cbsnews.com. This, this happened back in 2019. So, and I never heard anything about this. Never heard anything about this. So, again, speaking of, like, Subway doing a good job of hiding everything, mm-hmm. so did this company. Oh, so, right. I'm intrigued. I have to burp. Oh, every time. I know. Listen, I got to get it all out. All right, we're good. <laughs> I don't know if you probably heard that. Uh, the title is, Couple Still Haunted by eBay Stalking Scandal Years After Campaign of Terror. Oh, Mm-hmm. Here we go. So, a couple subjected to threats and bizarre deliveries, including live spiders, cockroaches, a funeral wreath, and a bloody pig mask, have continued to fight back, even after several eBay employees were sentenced in the case. Hold on. Uh-huh. They've been sent these things? Yeah. They were delivered things, including, but not limited to, live spiders, cockroaches, a funeral wreath, and a bloody pig mask. So did they order something and then surprise they got this instead, or are these packages just showing up at their place? Well, you know what? We're about uh, to find oh, okay, out. Okay. okay. Uh, Ina and David Steiner filed a civil suit against eBay and former executives after the 2019... Goodness gracious. I'm not turning it down. Sorry oh. for all my... <sighs> oh, <everybody. laughs> uh, After the 2019 cyber stalking campaign... A U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Massachusetts investigation into the auction site is ongoing. And I think, I think this article that I'm taking this from is as of, like, this week. Oh, okay. So, I don't, it's still ongoing. 2019, four years later. Uh, quote, it felt like corporate terrorism because we were terrorized and it was very calculated. It was very vicious. Ina Steiner told told 60 Minutes correspondent Sharon Alfonsi. Ina Steiner and her husband have worked together from their home for more than 20 years. They publish a news website called E-Commerce Bytes, which focuses on players in the e-commerce industry. David Steiner handles the business side of things while Ina Steiner handles the reporting. So what is E-Commerce Bytes? I was curious, so I just took a little quip from their website, ecommercebytes.com. Steiner Associates LLC launched Auction Bytes in 1999 and changed the name of e-commerce by oh changed the name sorry to e-commerce bytes in 2011 to reflect the broadening scope of coverage. E-commerce Bytes is the leading publisher and number one source of news for e-commerce and online merchants. I'm struggling. Uh-uh. E-commerce Bytes publishes email newsletters in the e-commerce Bytes website, which provides resources for online auction buyers and sellers, including bogs. Bogs, uh, bog monsters, <laughs> <laughs> including blogs, quote, cool tools. I don't know what that is. Service rating charts and the EKG reporting service. 
E-Commerce Byte's publishers David and Ina Steiner are frequently quoted by major news organizations about eBay, online trading, and internet fraud, including such publications as Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Smart Money Magazine, and Fortune Small Business. The E-Commerce Byte's website is a portal to the world of e-commerce and online auctions. New features are added to the site as the industry changes. E-Commerce Bytes updates is a twice-monthly email newsletter containing, ooh, there's a there's a typo on their part, uh, containing website reviews and techniques on buying and selling online. The first issue was published on November 6, 1999. So they basically, it's like a personal business blog and they just tell you, like, they're transparent about e-commerce buying and selling. And I don't there's a market for everybody, I guess. Yeah, I'm... Depending on how deep you are into it, but I can kind of already see where this is going, but... Okay, all right. Uh, can you? We'll find well, out. you said they discuss trading and buying website... <laughs> selling websites like eBay. Yes. So I'm wondering if they said some unsavory things about eBay and then were being, um, t- like, terrorized. Sort of. So I tried to dig into it. I think it will explain it a little bit in this article, but not much, because really it's hard to pinpoint what made made this all start happening it hints at i can't i've read a couple different articles i can't remember if it's if it's in this one or not so i'm just going to say it that something as simple as they posted the ceo's salary ceo of ebay's salary well that should be public knowledge it should be yes but they are transparent with like here's ebay here's the company you're working with here's the ceo and how much money he makes Mm -hmm. uh and they didn't like that I mean, you can look up how much my CEO makes, and we're not, like, a worldwide known company. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I feel like that can't be all. They probably were just like, here's the pros. I mean, they tell you the pros and cons, and maybe they were just mad about the cons. I don't. It really was hard to find. Could I have looked harder? Maybe. I don't know. But whatever. Yeah. That's whatever. just a business practice. Like, mm-hmm. our company puts out a business um magazine i don't know what you would call it but it's a business report it's a report Mm -hmm. that gets sent out every year letting you know here's what all the board members make boop 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 yeah yeah i mean essentially they're they did nothing wrong this whole the whole point of this was they infringed on their first amendment right to freedom of speech whatever like i mean they said what they wanted and people retaliated like this isn't an example of you have the freedom of speech not the freedom of the consequences of your speech yeah. Because this is over the top, and let, let's hear about it. So back to CBS. Most of their 600,000 readers are sellers on sites like eBay, Amazon, and Etsy, but the Steiners say e-commerce executives also read the articles closely. On the morning of August 8th, 2019, they started receiving strange emails. The couple were bombarded with newsletters they'd never signed up for, including Sin City Fetish Night, The Satanic Temple, The Communist Party, and dozens of others. Uh, Then the harassment started on Twitter. Uh, Okay. Uh It was basically, quote, shut up or else, Ina Steiner said. It was uh, was as blatant as that. Three days later, the Steiners got a strange call. Somebody left a voicemail for us saying they couldn't fulfill the order for a wet specimen. And David was the one who called, so they said. Uh Uh-huh. And he said, what is a wet specimen? And it was a pig fetus. What? What? Mm-hmm. Ina Steiner said, she said that, uh, that's when I, that's when my heart sank because I thought who might be angry at something I wrote and I couldn't figure it out. I mean, we were desperately trying to think who could it be? Uh, 
I think one of the other articles I read made it sound like they were successfully delivered a pig fetus as well. Great. Mm-hmm. Police began investigating as the harassment continued. Pornography was sent to the couple's neighbors, but it was addressed to David Steiner. On social media, the Steiner's home was listed as the site of yard sales and sex parties. What? This, it has to be illegal. I mean, this is illegal. I mean, there, there are consequences. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, And then a book. And here's like, if all of this hasn't crossed a line yet, this crosses the line. Okay. Uh, And then a book about surviving the loss of a spouse addressed to David Steiner arrived at their doorstep in Natick, Massachusetts. Oh, what? Yeah, so how to survive the loss of a spouse to one of the people. Yeah, when the other one isn't gone yet. Which, by the way, here is the book and the bloody pig mask that they received. When you said, is that chicken? (laughs) It's a bloody pig mask. (laughs) Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, it says here, a book and a bloody pig mask that former eBay employees allegedly mailed to Natick, Massachusetts couple who wrote critical articles about the company. So yeah, they spoke in of ebay in a poor light okay and this is ebay employees retaliating because they dared to speak ill god forbid i mean i guess i don't know how big of a following e-commerce bites has but like any i could go on the internet and be like ebay sucks Mm -hmm. and i mean what they're gonna i won't get probably because they were transparent about something that was genuinely problematic with ebay yeah um but no it would be like if you received mail that was only addressed to John that he received a book that says surviving the loss of a spouse. Um, and then quote, it was a death threat and to be followed up a few short days later with a funeral wreath. They sent them in and they said an expensive funeral wreath was sent to them. Jesus. Uh, it only confirmed that these people were going to hurt or kill Ina. Yeah. That's, this is a death threat. Uh, yeah. So yikes. Yeah. Uh, because they spoke critically of them. Keep in mind, this is because they have their own little blog post with 600,000 readers, which is not something to, like, turn your nose up at. Right. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't have 600,000 listeners, no. I'll be honest. But, like, <laughs> no. I don't know. It's just, dang, get a spine, dude. I just burped. Oh, that's Go okay. <laughs> Uh, for three weeks, the packages and threats kept coming. Even as police investigated and the Steiners installed security cameras, they started sleeping in separate rooms so that if someone broke in, at least one of them would be able to call the police or escape. Oh, my God. Like, how? I don't I don't know. Uh, quote, when it would get dark out at night, that's when I would really be terrified, Ina Steiner said. Like, uh, yeah? Mm-hmm. They were afraid inside and afraid to leave the house after David Steiner noticed he was being followed by a van one day and later a car. He snapped a photo of the license plate and that picture broke open the case. Sergeant Jason Sutherland and Detective Jason Haswell of the Natick, Massachusetts Police Department tracked the license plate. The number traced back to a rental agency where Veronica Zia, an an eBay employee, had rented the van, Sutherland said. I don't know. I can't describe how flabbergasted we were, Ina, Ina Steiner said. eBay. I mean, what was on an eBay? What was an eBay employee doing in a rental van following David? Yeah. Like, at this point, they still couldn't possibly fathom that anything they wrote, like, why an eBay employee? It was so random to them that they didn't put the two together. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, like, breathing heavy. Oh. Breathing heavy. <laughs> okay. 
The FBI took over the case. Ten months later, the U.S. attorney Andrew Lelling announced the indictments of several eBay employees and contractors, including Zaya. It didn't take us an hour to realize that the ramifications of a public company trying to destroy a journalist. I've read that weird, but you get it. Yeah. <laughs> they were attacking the First Amendment freedom of the press, David Steiner said. They wanted to destroy Ina and our publication. Lelling said the plan to target the Steiners, which he described as a, quote, campaign of terror, was hatched in April 2019 at eBay. Devin Wenig, who served as eBay's CEO at the time, shared a link to a post Ina had written about his annual pay. Okay. So it all started because the CEO got butt hurt because she was transparent. Yeah. Um, the company's chief communications officer, Steve Weimer, responded, we are going to crush this lady, quote. Oh, okay. <laughs> about a month later, Wenig, the CEO, texted, quote, take her down. Prosecutors said Weimer later texted eBay security director Jim Baugh, quote, I want to see ashes as long as it takes whatever it takes, Weimer wrote. What in God? Mm -hmm. Jesus. Investigators said Baugh set up a meeting with security staff and dispatched a team to Boston about 20 miles from where St the Steiners live. Seven people who worked for eBay's safety and security unit, including two former cops and a former nanny all pleaded guilty to stalking and cyber-stalking charges. Okay. He, so, Jim Baugh, the security director at eBay, essentially put together an ad hoc team to go terrorize these people. Oh, he picked Lord. these people, set up a meeting with, a, with security staff, and dispatched a, quote, team to Boston to stalk these people. That's for... <laughs> couldn't, I mean, couldn't you have just got, like, a cease and desist? <laughs> I... You know, it's, that's just too easy. And this is 2019. Like, it's not even like... I wouldn't excuse this any time, but it's not like the early years of eBay. Like, this is all... Anyone could look this stuff up. Any of this is common knowledge. Yeah. Like, they were just writing it out. Anyway, Baugh, who again was the security director, was sentenced to five years in prison, and Zia was sentenced to a year of home confinement and probation. To date, eBay has not been charged with any crimes. The company said in a statement to 60 Minutes that the conduct of the former employees was wrong, adding that eBay has cooperated fully with the government investigation. Okay. Are you ready for this? No. <laughs> there wasn't enough evidence to file criminal charges against Wenig or Weimer, the CEO or the communications guy. The one that said, burn I it to ashes, ashes, like, whatever it takes. Uh, they were not charged with a thing. Uh, even with the text they'd sent, Leling said, uh, quote, people say things like that all the time, especially senior people in companies, Leling said. It's not the same as, quote, I know I am knowingly joining a criminal conspiracy to cyberstalk a couple in Natick. People use, use loose talk like that all the time. Keep in mind, Leling is not OK. Lely is the U.S. attorney. Uh, w uh, whatever, like FBI guy. This is the mm -hmm. FBI guy saying, like, it's just like CEO locker talk. People talk like this all the time. Uh, it's boy talk. It's boys talk. Yes. L people use loose talk like this all the time. Quote, unquote. Man, how the other half live. <laughs> right. Well, and then I took a little bit from Metro Daily News here to insert uh, a little bit more to give like a little more context on this on this uh, statement that he made. Uh-huh. Uh, it says, David Steiner did not buy that argument. 
He said, quote, let me ask you something. If you have a dog that is trained to attack and then you give them the command, take her down, aren't you as responsible for that da- uh, for that for the damage that happens? Yes. Yes. I mean, you're the mastermind. You're the one. Literally, the none shot. of this would have been put into motion. The CEO, the man in charge of everything says, take her down. What do you do? Yeah. But but they were charged with nothing. Oh, well, gee. I mean, later, I, it doesn't say why, but Weimer, the communications guy, mm-hmm. uh, was fired for cause by eBay and now runs the Boys and Girls Club of Silicon Valley. Great. <laughs> yeah, sign your kids up. Uh, he has said Getting his... back, you know. He has said his texts were mischaracterized and that he learned of the employee's conduct only after the fact. Ah, So he's yes, saying all of that was irrelevant. Like, that was just, again, you know, boy talk silly haha loose talking uh he had no idea the employees were doing that right after he said that no clue what a coincidence i know wenig the former ceo resigned from the company in 2019 uh he said in a statement to 60 minutes that he was appalled at what happened he said he had been aware of it at the time had he been aware of it at the time he would have stopped it Ah, oh, yes, of course. Yes, but that's okay. Wenig resigned from eBay in September 2019 with a $57 million exit package. <laughs> and no no charges whatsoever. Cool. Cool, cool. This next bit, because I wanted to call these people out by name because they are literal garbage, uh, is from justice.gov. Okay. <laughs> and this is, this is actually, I, it's from the case. Like, it's government, it's a government Mm -hmm. website about this case. It says, a former intelligent analyst, intelligence analyst, which is clearly not me, uh, for eBay Incorporated, was sentenced today for her role in a cyber-stalking campaign targeting the editor and publisher of a newsletter that eBay executives viewed as critical of the company. So they did it because they were mad, because they're like, don't say bad things. You hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. So Veronica Zaya the one who they're like her counterparts her she led this whole thing mm-hmm. was 28 <laughs> of san jose california and a former ebay contractor who worked as an intelligence analyst in ebay's global intelligence center so algorithms probably uh-huh good for you uh she was sentenced by u.s senior Di- district court judge jo- william g young to two years probation with her first year to be served in home confinement and a five thousand dollar fine a slap on the wrist. Yeah. In October 2020, Zia pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit cyber stalking and conspiracy to tamper with witnesses. On September 29th, 2022, too many 20s, uh-huh. uh, co-conspirator James Ball was sentenced to 57 months in prison. The guy who, you know, put together a team to go get him. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, 57 months in prison, two years of supervised release, and was ordered to pay a fine of $40,000. Okay. Also on September 29th, 22, co-conspirator David Harville was sentenced to two years in prison, two years of supervised release, and was ordered to pay a fine of $20,000. Co-conspirators and former eBay employees Philip Cook, Stephanie Pop, which I very much read as poop because it's P-O-P-P. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Uh, So Stephanie Poop, Stephanie Stockwell, and Brian Gilbert previously pleaded pleaded guilty for their roles in the conspiracy to cyberstalk the victims. Cook was sentenced to ju- in July 21 to 18 months in prison. On October 11th, our birthday, Poop oh, was boy. sentenced to one year. Oh, sorry. Poop was sentenced to one year and one day in prison. Oh, okay. 
And Stockwell was sentenced to two years of probation with a year of home confinement. Gilbert is awaiting sentencing. Between approximately August 5th, 2019 and September 6th, 2019, Zia and her co-conspirators at eBay agreed to engage in a harassment campaign targeting a husband and wife in Natick, Massachusetts for their roles in publishing a newsletter that reported on issues of interest to eBay sellers. They reported on an intre- issues of interest to the people who were using the company, and they're like, no. Yeah, how dare you point out our flaws? Yeah. Senior executives at eBay were frustrated with the newsletter's tone and content, as well as the substance of comments posted beneath the newsletter's articles, which, need we remind them, they have no control over. Yeah. The harassment campaign arose from communications between those senior executives and Baugh, who was eBay's senior security and employee. I have a lot of notes. What the heck? I'm, I'm getting there. I'm almost okay. done. Uh, Zia and her co-conspirators executed a three-part harassment campaign intended to intimidate the victims and and to influence their reporting about eBay. So they literally had like a three-step plan that would get increasingly more, you know... Intense. Intense. Their hope was like, this will scare them out of running this website that they have. I get, yeah. So, whatever. The campaign included sending anonymous and disturbing deliveries to the victim's home, sending private Twitter messages and public tweets criticizing the newsletter's content, threats to visit the victims in Natick, and traveling to Natick to surveil the victims and installing a GPS tracking device on their car. Among other things, several of the defendants ordered anonymous and disturbing deliveries to the victim's home, including a preserved fetal pig, a blood bloody pig halloween mask a funeral wreath a book on surviving the loss of a spouse and a pornography addressed to the and pornography addressed to the victims but delivered to their neighbors i'm sure that was also intentional yeah to make them look like they're ordering dirty things online and now their neighbors are like and then they were posting online that the like their home was host to sex parties and random yard sales so people would just show up to their house is this for sale yeah yeah I meant the sex, not the... Yes. (laughs) As part of the second phase of the campaign, Zaya's co-conspirators sent public tweets and private threatening Twitter messages that were written as if they had been sent by eBay sellers who were unhappy with the victim's coverage in the newsletter, which doesn't seem fishy at all. Yeah. Sounds an awful lot... Well, I'm not going to get into that. Okay. Well, it's kind of like Trump, who's like, look at these nice things everyone said about me, and then it's like, his exact words, but he put a different name on the quote. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's giving the same vibe of they go under acting like a seller and they're like, how dare you speak so ill of beloved eBay? And it's like, sellers yeah. wouldn't say shit like that. I'm sorry. Um, where was I? Me, me, me. Uh, posted victim's Ooh. address. Oh, some of these messages posted the victim's address. I heard you hit it. I know. It's fine. <laughs> uh, posted their address and threatened to visit them at their home. Uh, the third phase of the campaign involved court co- covertly surveilling the victims in their home and community. On August 15, 2019, Zia traveled. I say her name different every time. It's Z-E-A. Zia, uh, Zia, Zia. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, traveled from California, from California to Natick, Massachusetts, with Baugh and Harville to sur- surveil the victims. Sorry. <laughs> and to install a GPS tracking device on the victim's car. For some reason, I've read this whole article, but reading it out loud now, they sent a team of people from California to Natick, Massachusetts to yeah. do this. Yeah, that's uh, 
I'm sure eBay paid for it too. Oh yeah. Which like if there was honestly, if there was proof of that, that would be a whole other mess. Because yeah, the CEO would have to lines. know. The CEO would have to know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh wait, here we go. Zia and Harvel registered for a software development conference to explain the trip to Boston. So <sighs> they signed up for a fake well, it wasn't a fake conference, but that's so I should have just read one more sentence. Uh, the victim spotted the surveillance team and contacted local police. At Baugh's direction, Zia also lied to an eBay investigator who was responding to the Natick's police request for assistance. United States Attorney Rachel S. Rawlings, Joseph R. Bonavolanta, wow, a special agent in charge of the FBI Boston Division, and Natick Police Chief James G. Hicks made the announcement today. I don't know what today is. It's whenever this was written eBay provided valuable assistance in cooperation with the investigation. Assistant U.S. Attorney Seth B. Costo, Deputy Chief of Rollins Securities, Financial and Cyber Fraud Unit, prosecuted the case. There you go. That's, uh, and eBay has come out unscathed. Did you ever know that about eBay? Uh, no. I I honestly forgot eBay was like a thing. I know, like, to me, eBay is early 2000s, 2010s. Like, that's when it was really big. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, people still use eBay, I guess. This was 2019 that this happened. And, like, relevant enough, these employees, you're telling me these seven disgruntled employees with no direction above them were like, hey, don't be mean to us as a company that probably way underpays us. Yeah. Um travel from literally one side of the United States to the other to harass a a couple in their 50s and 60s that write their own personal business blog. Yeah. Yes, I I would do that for my job, I'm sure, with (laughs) with no lead from the top. Right, like, I don't, what was the incentive? Would they get a raise? Would they get moved up in the company if they succeeded? Like, what was the I don't know, and also, like, even if, they scared them out of continuing the blog. If it's on the internet once, it's out there forever. Sorry, it's going to exist somewhere. People taking screenshots. <laughs> yeah, especially with that many readers, you're not telling me somebody didn't take a screenshot, didn't like... Download it, save it. Yeah, because it's important information that they're ser- sa- sharing to people mm-hmm. about e-commerce buying and selling. Yeah. And God forbid they point out like, hey, there's this thing about eBay you should probably know. Like, I don't know. It's a whole hot mess. And the worst of it was, what, four years? Yeah. Four years and it wasn't even all in prison. It might have all been in prison. Uh, $5,000, like, bail. What are not bail, but... Fines. Fine. Okay. <sighs> and then, you know, the CEO and the communications guy wasn't guilty, but one was fired and one just suddenly quit. Retired, whatever. Reti- yeah. For, for just, you know, sillies. Yeah. So that's eBay. That's, that's uh, I mean, granted, like I said, that CEO is gone now. I don't know if it's the same company with the same values or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's the guy that was running that whole show that said, uh, to ashes. Yeah. Burn them to ashes, whatever it takes. They have an excellent PR person to keep this under wraps the way they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, surely they got a raise after all this. Yeah. That's <laughs> awful. So that's my story. That's what I got. Uh, wow. We could have ended on that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, I, we were discussing who should end the conversation today. 
And mine was like, like I said, you're like, are there any like trigger warnings or there? I'm like, it's dark, but not, not really trigger warnings, but kind of weird. Like it was just sort of out there. Yeah. And well, and I mean, and honestly, at this point, no, it was 2019. So everybody who was, you know, indicted, uh, whatever the words are for they were yeah arrested tried arrested their sentences are served they're all done and out and these people know where this family lives and they targeted them with gps tracking devices and sent dead animals and death threats to their home and they're just now out and about yeah that's fun like imagine how freaking ina steiner how I don't know the what I could describe feeling if Maddie was sent a book that said how to survive losing your spouse followed by a very expensive funeral wreath and like targeting me. Yeah. Dang, that woman, ugh, she's in therapy. We got to we know that. Like <laughs> aren't we all though? Not yet. <laughs> you know if only uh that was a universal thing that wasn't just for, you know, the privileged. That's okay, though. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I need therapy so bad. Oh, my God. Goodness gracious. Okay, now I'm done. Now I'm done. That's a lot, and I feel bad for them because those were all slaps on the wrist. Yeah. And, like, what do they do now? Well, that sucks. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have a better story. I I mean, it's just, (laughs) it's going to continue to get dark. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. And... My story that I'm covering, my mic is like falling down. I want to push it up, but I know that's going to be an uh, awful sound. Just grab it nicely. Yes, yes. Y'all hear that? I'll probably, I'll probably just mute that. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So what I'm covering is a little more well-known, but like maybe you don't know all the details or how the extent of this, this story. Mm-hmm. And... Truly, it hit me at the last moment. I thought I was going to cover something else. And then I heard a song and I said, oh, my Lord, I yeah. have to I have to cover one of our quens. And that would be Miss Kesha. Mm-hmm. And yep. if you're like, oh, man, I forgot about Kesha. Yes. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people did. And I think that was by design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for it. And uh, there's a lot going on. So I'm going to try to skim my notes i'm gonna i don't want this to be like a forever episode but i could 100 percent cover this in, that's fine i in didn't like, talk that long we make our own rules i know i don't know who <laughs> we're trying to appease i don't know okay let me give you a little background on kesha and where she came from how about that yeah i wanted to start with that instead of just immediately jumping into the drama mm-hmm So Kesha's real name is Kesha Rose Siebert, and she was born in Los Angeles on March 1st, 1987. Wow. So it's her birth month. Well, no, when this comes out, it... Yes, it will, because it's the fifth... Yeah, duh. Shoo. Okay. (laughs) Um, Her mother's name is Rosemary Patricia, or they call her PB. Like P-E-B-E. P-E-B-E-P. Yep, P.B. Siebert. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Her mom was a singer-songwriter who actually co-wrote a song from the 70s called Old Flames Can't Hold a Candle to You. Um, Very nice, yes. I mean, (laughs) that just says it all, honestly. So, P.B., I I hate calling her P.B., but that's what they call her. Um, Are they calling Kesha P.B.? No, her mother is Patricia. Rosemary Patricia P.B. Okay. Um... 
so she was a single mother growing up. She was struggling financially, even though she was a songwriter and helped like big name artists. Um, she still struggled a lot. So when Kesha was a baby, she would like have to take care of her off state, like on the side stage while performing and like yeah. doing these things. And she also, Kesha actually has an older brother who was there too, which I did not know she had an older brother. Mm-hmm. His name's Lagan, L-A-G-A-N. Interesting. I okay. assume that's how that is pronounced. I can't imagine another way. <laughs> but yeah, they definitely grew up poor. I mean, there's no better way. They were on welfare. They had food stamps, etc. Um, Kesha didn't know her dad, but some guy tried to come out in 2011 after she's well and famous. Mm-hmm. And is like, I'm your dad. And whatever. She's like, all right. <laughs> um, But... PB moved the family to Nashville in 1991. So when Kesha was like four years old and it was just because of her job, she had secured a publishing deal for her songwriting out of Nashville, which is a big music hub. Yes. Yeah. And Kesha would frequent the uh, trips to the studio and her mom is the one who noticed her talent first when she would like sing and hang out in the studios and kind of pushed her to become this singer songwriter yeah and i mean what age did you say she started kind of get or did you say how old she was when her mom started doing that they moved to nashville in 91 when she was four years old okay i i mean i could i should let you keep going first but i'm afraid this turns into a scenario of like turning your children into cash cow things i mean Maybe. I didn't get a ton of background on her mother herself. But. There's a fine line between, like, believing in your child's talents and, you know, encouraging them to, uh, whatever, like, go out in the world and use those talents and mm-hmm. exploiting your children. Right. Um, yeah, because even your parent, your It doesn't matter if it's Hollywood, if it's your parents pushing you. It, they can still be awful people to you. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot... A lot of uh, managers, agents, whatever, are usually family, parents, significant others, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, so Kesha in high school, she said she didn't really fit in. She had a very unconventional style because growing up poor, she like made her own clothes. She dyed her hair crazy colors. And so she was the weird kid. So silly. Can relate. (laughs) (laughs) Ed. Sorry. (laughs) She was also in the band. She played trumpet and the saxophone and the marching band. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she was actually a really good student. She almost got a perfect score on her SAT. Couldn't be me. Like, (laughs) what is this? Who is this? And she did end up attending a college for a little bit, but she dropped out only after three months to Mm. pursue a music career. Okay. And um, her mom is the one who taught her to write songs, which seems weird considering Kesha's music. I'm like, did her mom teach her to write those kind of songs? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy? Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she started recording demos and her mom, being in the music industry, would take those demos and give it to like literally anyone who would give her five seconds. I mean, like, hey, yeah. here's uh, my daughter's music. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what you had to do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the side, Kesha was actually in a band with her brother. Mm-hmm. Don't know the band name. But um, Kesha and her mom actually co-wrote a song when Kesha was only 16. And I don't know who it went to, but it's called Steven, P-H. Okay. Like Steven with a P-H, I should say it that way. Yeah. 
Anyway, eventually her um, demos landed in the right hands and people like what they heard. So now we're going to jump into... Well, we thought the right hands. Yes. <laughs> um, it started off okay. I, I only know... I don't know everything about this, but I will say that I know... I knew of this because I went to school for music business. Mm -hmm. And actually, what year did it happen? That she actually... Like, what year did this all kind of come to light? She signed her first label in 2005 when she was 18. Okay. Well, because I'm saying I was in I was in college from 2010 to 2015. I believe all of this came to light in that time. So it was actually like an active conversation we were having in, in my college. classes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that would be about the time frame. Yep. I want to say it was 2011 is when it started. Yeah, I remember vividly talking about this and how... Uh, <sighs> Gosh, Megan will get into the details, but mm -hmm. just even at that time, it's how how far we've come mm -hmm. in, in just like 10, 15 years, because I can remember in that time, people who were not on her side the and making arguments for like, like almost in a weird way, asking for it arguments. Oh, victim blaming. Oh, yeah. Good oh, God. yeah. Uh, 2010s yeah. were wild. Oh, yeah. I will get into it. I'm already like, my skin is tingling. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in 2005, I just said, Kesha signed with her first label, Kimosabi Records, mm -hmm. and that she was 18 years old, and the music publishing company was Prescription Songs. So Kimosabi Records is owned by Sony Music, so it's kind of like a subsidiary of the business, and they're located in Los Angeles. Convenient. So, other artists who have signed with Kimosabi, I really only recognize one is Juicy J. Okay, yeah. Rock City. Uh, mm. Zara Larson, I do recognize that name. Yeah. Lil Bobby, Becky G. Mm, yeah. Those kind of people. It's a springboard, it sounds like. So even though she signed at 2005, do you remember Kesha's songs at 2005? No, you don't. I. It's been so long, I don't know. I mean, probably not. That wasn't even high school yet, so no. She was featured on a couple of songs before she herself actually made it big. So she was actually background vocals in a Paris Hilton song called Nothing in This World. Interesting. Okay. And then she ended up signing with a management company called DAS Communications in 2006. DAS, their whole... The point of DAS was to obtain a major label record deal for Kesha in one year's time. That was their contract. They said, in one year, we will have you on a major label. And in exchange, she would give them 20% of her music income. Golly. That seems steep to me. I mean... I've never made a, uh, a, a contractual... <laughs> You it know? really depends. It depends on like the position that you're in. I feel like we've talked about this before, mm -hmm. but... A great example is someone who is in a financial position to give away large percentages of their, you know, royalties is Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande, mm -hmm. or is, yeah, Ariana. Ariana. We all say it wrong. Uh, her song, Seven Rings, mm -hmm. like we, it, we know it to the tune of, I cannot think of the original. Uh, my favorite things. Yeah. A few of my favorite things. I cannot think of the original. I feel stupid that I can't think of the original writers. Sound of music? What is that I mean, from? It's I can't I don't know. It's and I'm musical. very annoyed. But anyway. point point is, um those royalties she only took again, actually I think that song came out while I was in college, so it was an active conversation. She ninety percent, ninety percent of the royalties of that song went to the original writer. She only got ten percent. Oh my god. And she made 
millions on that song. She was in a financial position to make a decision like that. Yeah. Kesha definitely took a chance. Right, because... Okay, I'll get into it. She did have the option to break ties with them and end the relationship if it failed. If she was not signed in one year, she could end the contract. Then they weren't entitled to any of the royalties, probably. Correct, yes. Uh, It was only if she were to get signed to a major record label. And in the meantime, she was still co-writing with other groups. Like she wrote a, helped write a song for the Veronica's called this love, which you may know. I don't know. I know what that song is, but, um, and even though she was signed to the Kimasabi records, she was still working as a waitress to get by. So getting signed to them meant really nothing. It was just a a stepping stone, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, they're owned by Sony, but Anyway, while she was working as a waitress, she decided to re to stylize her name with the famous dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Rogers and Hammerstein. Oh, is my favorite things. Okay. <laughs> That's I had to look it up. It was bugging me. Okay. So, it's when Kesha was working as a waitress trying to get off the ground. It's like it's right it's so close. She's so close to being getting her big break but still had to do this work and was still broke that mm-hmm. she thought it would be funny and ironic to put the dollar sign in her name cuz she's like I was broke as a joke. So right. It was it was funny to her to yeah. put that dollar sign in there. Okay. In 2008, Kesha did appear in a music video. You may have heard of it. It's Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. Oh gosh. She, she in the music video? Yes, yeah, she's in the music video. Okay. And she sang background vocals for Britney Spears' song, Lace and Leather. Um, Eventually, so she's like getting these little gigs, but nothing that features her. Eventually, DAS did attract attention from a songwriter and A&R Cara Diogardi. Sure. I don't know who they are. Anyway, they wanted to sign Kesha to Warner Brother Records. Which uh, is kind of a big deal. That is a big uh, big contract, but it fell through because of her existing contract with Kimasabi. So, mm-hmm. oh Lord. Anyway, September of that year, 2008, she did terminate her contract with DAS because she did not get signed in a year. She was Man. able to, to cut that contract and she would keep appearing in more, uh, songs, flow, right as right round. Oh, yeah. Do you remember You're, that one? Yeah, I She do. still wasn't big at this point. She wasn't signed yet. Okay, that's that's odd. I feel like she was right there, though, because mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah, and actually, she's not credited on that song. <laughs> and that, that's how much she had, like, was nobody at that point. And she actually got uh, added to that song just on a fluke. She was going, she was in the studio building mm-hmm. when Flo Rida was getting ready to record and he was talking to his producers and he's like, I think it needs a female voice. And she walked by and he's like, who's that girl? And that's how she got it. Man. What if she would have walked in? And he's like, yikes, never mind. Yeah. Okay. So finally she couldn't negotiate. She had a couple of different record deals, but they couldn't come up with an agreement. She finally signed a multi-album deal with RCA records, which is also a large company yes they had spent six years working on material for her debut album Mm -hmm. six years my god anyway she finally started putting finishing touches on the album she wrote approximately 200 songs Uh, like 200 songs under rca yeah but i mean of course we've not heard all 200 songs and we're probably not going to hear a lot of these songs and we'll get to it because we're going to meet 
um, a piece of trash soon. Oh, yeah. So she finally released uh, (laughs) her first album that went platinum in the United States. Finally, her big break. Yeah. It sold 2 million albums worldwide by September. So in just a couple of months. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say that's pretty impressive. And More than I've done. The <laughs> lead single on the album was TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> look and look listen, TikTok walk so TikTok could run. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it was well worth the wait for her because she actually broke the record in the United States for the highest sales week in a for a single with six hundred and ten thousand digital downloads in one week. And, and it was the highest ever by a female artist since digital download tracking began in 2003. Right. So I guess it had been around for a while at that point. Yeah. It was also, it spent nine weeks at number one in the country, and it became the longest running number one by a female artist on her debut single since uh, the one before that was Debbie Boone, You Light Up My Life in 1977. Dang. Like, what? way to come out swinging, though. Mm-hmm. As of 2019, TikTok has sold 14 million copies worldwide. Yeah. And it was it became the best-selling single in digital history and the best-selling digital single in history by a female solo artist. So, and not to be silly, but, like, I feel like since the app TikTok, that's what I meant, the song TikTok walked, so the app the TikTok app could, could run. run. And yeah. I feel like with TikTok coming out, I bet there was a resurgence with that song. Oh, I'm sure. There I mean, was. one with crossover searching it and mm-hmm. just I don't when I hear it, I still think of Kesha personally. Yeah. Um, and she had other songs on the album that had almost just as much success. So even just that one album or one song, Your Love Is My Drug. I was going to say, I feel like there was a lot on that album. Take It Off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blah, 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 which yeah. I, I don't like that song, but I remember it. Yes, I do. Uh, but yeah, she was like. Char- is dinosaur on that one <laughs> i it did not uh it does Dang not get it. mentioned no. that's such a i do you have the album art there is that the white one with the blue writing that's she's covered in like glitter stuff um i think that's warrior that you're thinking of that she's wearing so. like a geometric dress maybe i don't know okay so anyway kesha just people really fell in love with her because she wasn't like this clean cut artist she was very grungy very dirty Mm -hmm. and she played on that a lot like she preferred to play like smaller venues and be more personable and up close i mean because she came from that right that's what she knew um okay so we're gonna skip ahead because it talks a lot about her um successes yeah more success whatever i mean casual yeah but then um we ran into some problems. In May of 2010, Kesha's former managers from DAS Communications filed a lawsuit against her, mm-hmm. seeking $14 million from her for commissions on her RCA record deal. Now, if you recall, they said that if she didn't get signed in a year, she could cut the contract, yes. which she did. Yes. And they alleged that she had extended the deadline for them to get her major record label contract and squeezed them out of her career. So they're saying, ah, no, technically you were still under us when you got signed. And she's like, no. 
I guarantee, well, I don't know if it's going to say it. I can't remember. I don't know. I feel like maybe it's a thing of like, if you don't sign in under a year, you can cut the record, but then you have an exiting time frame that you're still under. Like uh, for 90 days, we're it's still pr- pretty active. Much, pretty yeah. much, yeah. Something like Thank that. Thank you for unsubscribing. We'll unsubscribe you in three months. Like, God, I yeah. know that. I've been going through my emails and unsubscribe. Like, I unsubscribe why am I still every day. Your emails? Yeah. Anyway, Kesha ended up launching her own lawsuit in October, citing the California Executive or Exclusive Talent Agencies Act and asking the California Labor Commissioner to declare her contract with DAS void because it had acted as an unlicensed talent agent while while procuring work for her in California, where only licensed agents can do so. Uh, They did settle in 2012 before the release of her second album, so good for that yeah uh i don't know what the settlement was but they it didn't go to court um, yeah yeah and then kesha just being a good person in general she was holding um uh what do you call the benefit concerts for like flooding in her hometown in nashville mm-hmm. and uh, she went on tours with people great wonderful i'm skipping ahead <laughs> uh 2012 to 13 that's when warrior came out which i don't remember if you remember kesha looking like that but this was probably the most sick she had ever looked uh i mean that looks not like her but barely i kind of remember that yeah so she was um at this point in time, uh, she ended up having to, during the warrior era, she checked herself into rehab for bulimia. Yikes. Yeah. So she was not doing great. There was a lot of pressure on her. Uh, just as fame continued to build, it was just more and more pressure to be something she wasn't and just to produce more. But the thing is, she can write songs. She wrote 200 songs. And they're like, yeah, but not those. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, what? I don't know. That's what I write. That's how I feel. Yeah. And um, she ended up getting help. Thank goodness. In the meantime, songs like Come On came out. Crazy Kids. I love those songs. Those are two good ones. Mm-hmm. She did a tour with Pitbull because she was on a song <laughs> with Timber. Oh, God. That's I hate right. Pitbull. <laughs> I mean, that was an international success, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. But she did check into rehab in 2014, and she switched her uh, name back to Kesha rather than the dollar sign. So it did switch. It was dollar sign Kesha for a little bit. Okay, that makes, that sounds right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was after she got out of rehab. I don't know, maybe it was just like to forget that. Just like a rebranding, yeah. Kind of. She just went to her her, uh, birth name. Is what she did. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in June of 2014, Kesha claimed a seat as an expert in the American television singing competition Rising Star along Brad Paisley and Ludacris. (laughs) I do not recall that. And then at the same time in 2014... While all of this is going on, there's someone in the background that I haven't mentioned yet. Mm-hmm. And that is, if you know anything about Kesha, it is Dr. Dr. Luke. Luke. And he was kind of, he's a, a producer. Yeah. And he worked in the background. He's the one who was like yes and no to her songs and was shooting her down for stuff mm-hmm. uh, that she desperately wanted to have on her albums. And he was like, mm, no, people won't like that. Yeah. And <laughs> Okay. So while all this is going on, um, which is probably why she was so sick from 
2012 to 2013. And honestly, way Probably before well that. Probably before, yeah. Yeah, before that. But that's when it really hit her hard. She ended up suing him for sexual assault and battery, sexual harassment, gender violence, emotional abuse, and a violation of California business practices, which had occurred over 10 years working together. That is some heavy allegations mm-hmm. to not be true. That is like... That's a lot for someone in the audacity for someone to say, like, "Mm, I don't know, though. Yeah. Victim blaming. Shut up. Get out of here with that. So Dr. Luke, his real name is uh, Lucas Sebastian Gottweld. Yeah, which just sounds so pretentious and like a like a butthole. Mm hmm. So she filed the suit in October of 2014. Uh, all those things I listed, inflicting emotional distress, sex-based crimes, et cetera, et cetera. And he ended up filing a lawsuit, almost a counter lawsuit against her as well as her mother. <laughs> now I'm going to get into the details. This is the scandal. This is what I wanted to get to. But I wanted yeah. to give you background of Kesha. Just oh, like, I love Kesha. I'll listen to it all day. I don't care. I know. that's. <laughs> I could have covered so much more, but I, yeah. I hit the highlights. Right. So, of course... Dr. Luke Gottweld has denied all of these allegations. He says um, in the legal documents that he claims that Kesha and her mother made, quote, defamatory statements in an attempt to exhort Dr. Luke into releasing Kesha from her exclusive recording agreement. So he's like, she's just mad about the contract we have and wants out of it. So she's going to say whatever it takes to get out. Her contract was nuts. Yes. Like, oh, gosh, this is... You hire the people to read the read the fine print for these reasons. I'm not blaming her, mm-hmm. but like this contract was stupid. Mm-hmm. The main point of the contract is that she was to release six studio albums under him. Um, if you look up her discography, she does not have six studio albums, nor will she probably ever. Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked up? Do you have pictures of him? No, I don't have. He him just right looks here. like an actual tool yeah right you you he's just riding the line of like homeless homely Mm -hmm. he's a little homely so (laughs) well moving on into this case the new york lawsuit resulted in the stain of a california lawsuit where kesha claimed dr luke was guilty of sexual harassment misogyny civil harassment violations of the california law Mm mm-hmm so on and so forth. In her New York counterclaim, in her New York counterclaim, Kesha alleges that Dr. Luke quote sexually, physically, verbally, and emotionally abused her since the beginning of their professional relationship. The suit alleged that he drugged and raped her on two occasions, made threats against her and her family, and called her derogatory names. So this started in 2014. On October, I'm sorry, not October, February 19th, 2016, Kesha request for a preliminary injunction was denied. So I don't know exactly what a preliminary injunction is exactly. I didn't look it up. I don't know. <laughs> I think I wish I should have looked it up and I'm sorry. I don't remember. That's okay. Keep going. I'll see what I can find really fast. Well, she appealed the decision the following month and on April 6, 2016, New York Justice Shirley Kornreich dismissed all of Kesha's counterclaims against Dr. Luke. 
A preliminary injunction is a temporary release relief that preserves the status quo until the courts decide on the merits of the case. So, okay, that's right. See, I vaguely remember this. She wanted to, she's like, can you just like say that I'm not under him for a little while until you decide? Yeah. The relief sought often involves asking a court to prevent an opposing party from taking specific action or continuing a current course of action. Yes. So she's like, can we just act like I don't work for him until you decide that I do or don't? Yeah. And they denied it. And then a month later, she appealed it. And then in April, the um, the judge dismissed it <laughs> and said, nope, you still work for this dude. Sorry. That's, oh my gosh, I can't. I'm sure the judge was a man, but go off. <laughs> no, Shirley Cornreich. All right. Way to go, Shirley, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Kesha and her legal team appealed the injunction decision, so another appeal, and on June 7th, 2016, Kesha was recorded in a deposition stating all the allegations' details. Um, this case is technically still ongoing. There, mm-hmm. it, the, there's not been a decision made, meaning since the court did not release her from Dr. Luke, she is still obligated to release albums, and he under him like it goes through him before she can release an album right i just i don't know i had to take a whole contract class uh so i knew a little bit more then but i feel like personally Mm -hmm. i would never go by volume but by time Mm -hmm. i mean you look at this and you can say in in retrospect what you would do but like that's a lot of faith i'm sure and i'm mad because i feel like they probably seemed like they had a lot of faith in her like we're gonna get you six studio albums like and then you can decide what you want to do go for time you can have me for 10 years you can have me for five years like yeah i don't know yeah i think kesha's technically only released well, like three albums? yeah two or three mm-hmm. so she still has three more to go until the court says you're done. You don't have to, to work for this dude anymore. So what... I mean, so what? Like, now, what going forward? So if she has, if she can't... Is she allowed to release music anymore? Obviously, we know the answer to that because something happened. She can release music, but it benefits Dr. Luke, which is why she said, I'm not going to release any more music, and so... And it crushed. I mean, that was her whole world. That's what she always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, on principle. She's like, I'm not releasing any music until this is done, thinking that it was going to be a sure thing. Mm-hmm. And they ruled against her. I mean, it's been eight years since the yes, yeah, since they started. Yeah. Well, 2014. Um, Nine years. Yeah. Almost a decade of this and still haven't made a decision. She still technically works for Dr. Luke. Lucas Gottweld. So she's really in this limbo of like, of course she wants to make music, Mm -hmm. but it will benefit the man who raped her. Yeah. Yeah. So Kesha eventually, she did, I mean, she wasn't going to be silenced. yeah is what it came down to she was for a little bit not by not by any hand of dr luke like he had nothing that was i think personal reflective time for her Mm -hmm. so she could come out with an absolute 
destroying song. Oh, yeah. So three years later, July 6, 2017, Kesha releases a single, her first song in over three years, and it's titled Praying. And if you all have not heard the song, I'm getting, do you see my leggies? Do you see my arms? <laughs> like just thinking <laughs> oh about God. this song uh, and thinking about, I, I should let you talk. Thinking about the song, hearing this song and knowing why it was written. Like, ooh, like you think Shania Twain saying, let's go girls makes you want to like kick down a wall or mm-hmm. kick down a door. This song makes you want to, you know, punch a sexual predator fire. in the face. Yeah, set something <laughs> on fire. Yeah. And she did it in the most poetic, beautiful way possible. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, the first song she's going to release that get that just even though it's still under Dr. Luke and he's still benefiting from this, it is the biggest slap in the face to him. And every dollar she makes off of this song, almost everyone will know that it is about him being an actual trash human being. Mm-hmm. She ended up releasing a full album with this song on it, Praying. Um, it was successful. It charted number six on the music charts in Australia, selling over 140,000 copies and being certified two times platinum in the country. Cool. The single charted at number 22 and number 11 in the United States and Canada, respectively, and subsequently was certified platinum in both territories. Mm-hmm. It, was a rele- it was released as the lead single from her third studio album. So... All of that success she had in two albums. That's it. Yeah. And then she releases her third studio album, Rainbow. It came out August 11th, 2017. Is that the one with Praying on it? That is the lead song. So she's only halfway there. Mm -hmm. She's released one other album since then. I was unaware. It came out in 2020. Okay. And it is called, I just had it pulled up, High Road. Which, again, <laughs> here she is just pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Anyway, the song Praying. Um, I could just read the lyrics for you, but I don't know. I don't. I won't read the whole lyrics. Yeah. This song is highlights. Um, 100% directed towards Dr. Luke. And it's like her saying, you know what you did, but guess what? I hope you're praying. You know, like, I hope I hope you're doing well wherever you are. And she doesn't mean it, of course. Right. I think um, it's a matter of, like, uh, I, I know what you did. Everyone knows what you did. And whatever's waiting for you after all of this knows what you did. So I hope you're praying about it. Yeah. So the chorus says, I hope you're somewhere praying. I hope your soul is changing. I hope you find your peace falling on your knees praying. But then it gets to the second verse where it really just like, cause the first verse is just like, Oh, I, you almost had me fooled. Uh, you told me there were, I would be nothing without you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the second verse that says, I'm proud of who I am. No more monsters. I can breathe again. And then the end of this verse, just like, Oh, it sets my soul on fire. She says, I'll bring thunder. I'll bring rain. When I'm finished, they won't even know your name. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, girl, get it mm-hmm. get and it. then you then you get the bridge that's just like you can hear her getting angry like mm-hmm. i don't know and i hope this butthole uh produced this song and i mm-hmm. hope she like i don't know yeah um i was trying to see if it has his name on here not in this that i can see exactly but um anyway the the bridge of the song is where it 
I, the first time I heard it, I actually cried. I like really cried listening to this song. I, I did also actually. Mm-hmm. The bridge of the song is, sometimes I pray for you at night and someday maybe you'll see the light. Oh, some say in life you're going to get what you give, but some things only God can forgive. Mm-hmm. And the note that she hits. <laughs> oh, let me look at, I meant to look it up. What note does Kesha <laughs> hit and pray it's definitely a whistle note like um, it's a yeah it's like i know see. there have been higher i know mariah carey has a, high, a higher range than that for example but like it's an e6 yes and i don't know for those of you that have any kind of like musical knowledge like a c just zero c plane whatever is the middle of the keyboard and you've got octaves above that octaves below that so that is six octaves above middle c oh i am like my whole body is just chills right now just thinking Mm -hmm. about this song i know i if i'm in a mood i will listen to that i Mm -hmm. I don't belt it out because i physically cannot Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh i just let her do it for me yeah I'll go ahead and end it with the album that we weren't aware of in February of 2019. Um, Kesha actually hosted a four day long cruise called Kesha's weird and wonderful rainbow ride. (laughs) And the cruise set off from Florida. And then July 25th, Kesha released the promo single best day. And it was featured in the angry birds movie too. (laughs) Um, And then high road came out January 31st, 2020 and it says that the album performed moderately and uh, it had positive reviews. But I'll be honest, I just really didn't even know about it. And that sucks because I am a fan of Kesha and that's why I decided to cover this. And I didn't even know that there was the album. Yes. Um, now, Kesha, if you want to keep up with her, I I got to check and see if it's still active. But in... 2020 november of 2020 kesha i know what you're gonna say and i'm looking at it right now and it is not ah poop okay she announced that she was creating her own podcast called kesha and the creepies which we did listen to a couple years ago when it was still active we were on a a trip to one of our locations actually Uh uh-huh i remember listening to it on the drive because it was a very long drive wherever it was well, one of her first episodes, she had a guest star. It was Alice Cooper. Like, hello. Yeah. She just, also had Demi Lovato, Tyler Henry, Ben Folds. Like, all these people on her podcast. Like, what the heck? Yeah, it, it looks like... It looks... I mean, I don't know if she's done it by seasons, but the last episode I see here is from June 11th, 2021, called Furries, Juggalos, and Witches, Oh My. <laughs> well... If first, if we could just get a hold of Kesha and have her on the show, I feel like she would appreciate us so much because she actually starred and executive produced a show called Conjuring Kesha, oh. which premiered July 8th, 2022 on Discovery Plus. In the show, Kesha and her celebrity friends explore paranormal hotspots. Man, I'm telling you what, <sighs> just every day, I love this woman more. <laughs> I know, it's wonderful. In February of this year, so just last month, 
roughly. Yeah, yeah. Kesha previewed a 30-second snippet of a new song, and on her 36th birthday, which just happened, the singer wiped her Instagram feed and updated her profile picture to a new logo. Mm. In a second live stream, she revealed four new song titles, Living in My Head, Fine Line, The Drama, and Eat the Acid. The latter two she shared snippets of. So this is, uh, uh, they assume, to be a sneak peek of her fifth studio album. She's almost there, man. It's to the point, yeah, it's it's been a decade. She's like, I'm not getting out. I'm just going to get these out so I can go. Right. Even if they're not bangers. Like, if she can just get out of this yeah yeah so i mean they still haven't made a decision she can make the albums by the time they make a decision which is pathetic mm -hmm. honestly yeah unfortunately um kesha's brand has her brand value has fallen drastically because of this which she was on such a high i it this just ruined everything for her yeah they said that unless the court issues this injunction, Kesha will suffer irreparable harm, plummeting her career past the point of no return. That just doesn't make... Uh, I don't believe that that's true. I feel like social media anymore has such an influence on things that, like, all it'll take is a viral video on TikTok to make her relevant again. Yeah. Like, it just... I don't know... It's just so frustrating. Her lawyer even said he responded about the injunction, like them not letting her even just have this break from him until they decide and said she cannot work with music producers, publishers or record labels to release new music with no new music to perform. Kesha cannot tour, which this was before she started putting these songs out. But yeah, um, it's I don't know. It, it sucks. It's putting money in this guy's pocket. But like, the courts are not going to take action because it's a woman crying wolf to them, mm-hmm. which I'm not, can't get into it. But I don't know. The fact that she can just pump out four studio albums before they can decide that they actually want to take women's allegations against predators seriously is just, you know, really, it's, it's just something. Yeah. Um, and the last, the last update on the case, because it is still ongoing, a trial date was set for February of this year. Mm-hmm. In, in November of 22, the judge reassigned it, and it is set for July 26, 2023. So it's coming. Keep your eyes peeled if they don't move it again. That's such a gross saying. Keep your eyes peeled. Ugh. Oh, oh man. <laughs> like little grapes. <laughs> I hate you. Um... Yeah, so that's um, that's it. That's my story about Kesha and Dr. Luke, and he is absolute trash. Mm-hmm. People are crazy. People are freaking crazy, dude. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And if she wins the case, she'll be able to seek damages for all the things that he's done. So she will get paid if she wins this case, which is good for her, because I did look up her net worth just to see, because I was assuming lots of, well... A lot. Yes. It's five million. Which really, I'll be honest, I've known some like YouTube stars in the past that they've looked up their own net worth Mm -hmm. and say their net worth is like 2.5 million. I can specifically think of um, like Hannah Hart is still relevant to those Mm -hmm. that follow uh, her net worth on at whatever point in time was like a million, two million. And she's like, I'd like to know where that money is right. because I when? don't. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I'll tell you right now. I do not have 
$2 million in the bank. I'm not sure. Like, yeah. I don't know. So $5 million for... I mean, I would never scoff at $5 million. I don't scoff at $5. Mm-hmm. But, like, for someone of her stature, that's nothing. Yeah. That's why I would say I was shocked to see that it has dropped so, so much. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God, Kesha, for whatever reason, you catch wind of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, girl, I'm I'm right there along with you. I cried with you. Ugh. Honestly, there if there's any silver lining to the fact that this case has taken so unbelievably long to come to closure, it's that in the year of our Lord 2023, these things are taken much more seriously. To, mm-hmm. to an extent, again, can't get into it. We can't have a three-hour-long episode. Mm-hmm. But, like allegations like this back in 2010 would not it's not the same it's not the same and Mm -hmm. i think there are still people who poo poo it who victim blame who do the whole they were asking for it bullcrap well and kesha has admitted i didn't uh read it i must have skipped it in my notes but she said at one point that there was consensual and non-consensual sex between them. She does admit that, yes, they've had sex, but he has also drugged her and taken advantage of her. So she's like, I'm not saying that, like, this, yes, I was okay with it sometimes. And I guarantee you that's what caused the, put put anything into question, is like, well, you said yes sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of like how... And really, was it a yes? Was it a genuine yes, or was it a, like sure yeah yeah i well not even a sure just i don't even know how to explain it i had a good word in my head and it's gone see i can't think i can think of big words when i don't mean to (laughs) um but just by just by force it's like you you're you fall into this habit and it's like yeah sure like it's trauma it's a trauma response it's it's um oh my gosh conditioning i guess kind of yeah like you florence nightingale stuff but not you know what i'm trying to say like yes yes i get what you're saying just the coerced almost like i have to do this so yeah yeah, it's just i don't know not that she was falling for him or anything like that but you get to a point where you're like maybe i do want it's coercion there's the word holy crap okay stop it (laughs) anyway uh just like uh yeah maybe i do want this thing and that is still that's not consent that's coercion well, and that's why if she's saying that sometimes they did have consensual sex, but there were times that they didn't, it's kind of like the same way where they're like, well, your uh, your partner can't assault you. That's it happens. That is all actual the time. nonsense. And I'm sure it happens more often than just random people. OK, mm-hmm. most assaults are by people that, you know, so who do you know more than your partner? Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it, it's kind of like they're playing it that way. They're like, well, you. Gosh, I've heard that thought process before. The whole you can't, yeah, you can't assault a partner. Act, <laughs> actual nonsense. Don't don't come at with me with that at all. Jesus Christ. Anyway, sh- yeah, I'm gonna go listen to praying. I wish I could play a portion of it, but like honestly, I don't know if I can. So just- yeah, oh yeah, I don't want to get into watch this get taken down. But let's bring light back to Kesha's um, case. Let's all rally around her, and if this does go to trial in July um make some noise in 2023 if this is not taken seriously i don't know what to do anymore yeah this is outrageous outrageous but also one more album and she's it's over anyway boom bye but it's it's the principle okay it's the principle 
Yep. Goodness gracious. Yay. Wow. Holy cow. We did it. Um, this is why we have tangents. This yes. is why we can do this. <laughs> <sighs> that was, I feel liberating. Great. Yeah. And next week, we get to do um, a, a location. Been, we get so. to keep riding that high. <laughs> so good. These are so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We should get off here, though. But yeah, tell us your favorite scandal. Like, oh, wow. Goodness sakes. Or what you thought about these scandals. Because. I actually had a moment where you were talking early on about when I was like, is it exploitation? Was it she was like, you have real talent. Let's put it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started thinking of, you know, child actors that were exploited by their parents. And I, oh, God. I, I know I'm like, that could have been a whole, whole episode, a whole other mess. But like, uh, I specifically thought of the voice actor. For Ducky? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you want your heart shattered look up uh the land before time the little girl that voiced ducky it's just horrible she also voiced the little girl and all dogs go to heaven yeah the first one couldn't do the second one because she wasn't there yeah because she was no more uh and if 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 the land before time does mean something to you and you haven't known about this she she was killed um wasn't it by her stepfather her father, her father. Mm-hmm. um she was killed by her father. Uh, if you didn't know that, that's already heartbreaking enough. If the land before time means anything to you, go ahead and look up her um, gravestone and just ruin your whole evening, morning, afternoon, mm-hmm. week, whatever. I cried tried to tell, trying to tell somebody what it said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, my God. Uh, I thought of Macaulay Culkin. Oh, gosh. So many. There are so many. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, parents just relied on their kids. Uh cash cole, cows dude cole and dylan sprouse because cole sprouse recently did an interview about it uh-huh and, um yeah Just uh wh- oh my gosh i'm glad my mother died or whatever what is it what's oh, her face Jeanette mccurdy yes thank you gosh um, bella thorne i think is one of them mm-hmm. um god it's so gross it's so frustrating most child stars and you know the ones that you're like oh my god they're crazy look at them out here being crazy it's like yeah well i mean <laughs> they've never got to be a child yeah so well this never used to happen back in my day it's because they were never allowed to talk about it back in your day people don't care anymore yeah <clears throat> Phew. okay well I know, we gotta get another tangent episode let's go <laughs> I feel like we have one a lot sooner than normal, and yeah. that may be... I don't know why. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. This was... This was a good one. A long good. one, but a good one. Oh, so good. Okay. All right. See you in a spooky place next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsotheysaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsotheysaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. 
And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See you next week. Thank <laughs> you.